Moms, I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, my guest is Gwen Lloyd, mother of Seattle Storms, Rookie of the Year, two-time WNBA champion, Jewel Lloyd, aka Gold Mamba. So Gwen, thank you so much for coming on Courtside Moms. I'm so blessed to have you as my guest, and we're going to talk about your awesome daughter, Jewel. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's start by talking about where Jewel grew up, and how did she start playing basketball? Jewel was born and raised in Lincolnwood, Illinois, and um, a suburb of Chicago. And she saw her brother play basketball all the time. She started going to Drake in Rosa Park, which is a park in our neighborhood in Lincolnwood. And she started playing and observing, and then they started letting her play with the guys. And, and she got so good until they started selecting teams and um so they start selecting her to be on their team and they were beating her brother's team. And uh, <laughs> so we knew she had a certain skill at that age. And she was like fourth grade about that time. And um, and her father started working with her with playing basketball at the court all the time. And her brother started working with him and they were just playing team, just playing basketball and basketball. And then when he went to Valparaiso University, he had a scholarship there. Uh, we used to go and watch the games and she would just closely watch him all the time just you know that was her mentor at that time <laughs> so she was like studying her brother and she was like you she know what studied every move every step he made she studied him all the way through four years of college and then oh, she wow. started playing <laughs> and she started playing she was probably thinking you know what I'm gonna be better than him so let me watch yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. see what he's doing so I can top that can't yeah. be mad at her for that right so over the next few years, she played AAU um, with the top girls yes. in the state, um, high school ball at Niles West, and then for Team USA. So she accomplished so much and so early. So can you bring us through yeah. those phases of her beginner career? Yeah, um, I was so involved with uh, two careers. So her father was basically handling the basketball and I was doing academics. So trying to manage as a mom, the traveling with the AAU. And fortunately, we had jobs that gave me, an, I, I was an educator. So, and I also worked for the federal government. So I had flexibility of where I could travel because AAU, sometimes you travel all summer. So I had the whole summer off. So I was able to travel with the AAU team. And we were also went to France with her with her USA basketball. So I had a lot of flexibility. Not all parents have that flexibility to be able to take this journey with your child when you're traveling and some people can't get off. I was able to use vacation time and perks that I had as, as an employee at that time, but that's not always the case. You know what? You're absolutely right. I didn't have that option to travel with, uh, with my son at all. Yes. And most of the times they were traveling to the U.S. because we're Canadian, right? So a lot of the AAU um, tournaments that they went to were were in the U.S. And it's not that we couldn't travel, but we just couldn't do it all the time. And you can't take off all the time. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I listen, I, I wish I had the summers off. Believe you me, <laughs> <laughs> I never did. So, But you're blessed that you were able to travel with her for Team USA. So what yes. was that experience like for you? Because, come on, now they end up being gold medalists. So That was so fun. We went, I think the one, and I'm trying to think back, it just seemed like it was long ago, but I'm still trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. We went to France and 
they want, I think it was France. Or, yeah, France. It was nice being able to, at that point, that's how I realized it was so nice to stand up and do the American song. And we were <laughs> happy, you know, to stand up to be proud Americans. Absolutely. It was nice uh, to be out of the country. And, and then they went. It was beautiful. Was it different? Did you observe any difference with the ball there than you had already witnessed in the U.S.? You know what? I would know. <laughs> Me neither. I wouldn't know. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and perpetrate. I really would know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with not knowing. Listen. <laughs> so, well, with the way she was known at that time, um, it was no surprise that, re- that she received a lot of offers for colleges. Uh, Notre Dame was the ultimate choice. Um, she later became player of the year, which obviously piqued the interest of WNBA. Yes. So how did she prepare for the pros? Well, in her senior, um, junior, actually, she's been receiving letters, so many letters when wow. she first entered ninth grade. We used to have to have put a bucket outside the door when the mailman came because he was very frustrated that <laughs> all these letters are coming. I, we, what we, so, so we put a bucket outside and they were coming from year to year, year to year, so many different letters. That's how it first started. And we're like, that's when I realized, wow. These people are really interested in her. She must be really good. Yeah. And it was just very difficult to try to pin it down from 50, 25 to 10 and finally five. So we had some really great help from her high school coaches. Her father and her brother, who were some mentors at that time, were very helpful. And then we narrowed it down to five universities. And uh, Notre Dame ended up being the top choice. She wanted to be close home as well. Right. So that was a very ultimate decision. And that's good because a lot of a lot of players, you know, at one point they're like, I, I'm, I'm ready to play, but I, I don't want to be away from mom and dad yet. So let me just yeah. let me just stick around. But yeah, she like wanted I, us to be able to attend her games. And yeah, that was two hours away. So yeah. and we did attend basically every single game. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I wish I had that option. I didn't. My son's his first team, they were like six hours away. Aww. And then the second time he was a six hour flight away. So, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, he was in Vegas and I was in Montreal, Canada. So yes. I couldn't go to every game. I went to as often as I could. Right. So it's a blessing um, for yes. you as a parent that you were able to spend this time with your daughter. So yeah. through her, through her time, like I was saying with Notre Dame, uh, she was getting recognized by the WNBA as well, which, of course, leads to draft time. So let's just get to draft. Um, yeah. What was that night like for you? Draft was so special. I felt so important and I was so impressed and happy with my daughter. The preparation of her brother, who was all involved, he's the one that bought her the beautiful white jumpsuit. He bought it, he researched and purchased it, and it fit perfect for her. And then we get there and I saw all these people. I'm like, wow, women basketball. I was more impressed with the fact that people were there to support women basketball right. the way that it was packed. And I was so impressed. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people here. But we were so happy for her when they and the people who were supposed to be there was there. Her um, her father, her brother and her godfather, Raph and myself. That's fine. That's who came. And that's we were happy with that. <laughs> Family over everything. Right. So <laughs> absolutely. So your baby girl was the first player in her college history to be drafted number one. So what was it like at that moment when you heard her name called, and then you watched her walk to the stage as the very first pick of the night, hug the commissioner, and proudly hold up her Seattle Storm jersey. Literally in tears. I was very happy for her. Uh, 
because initially uh, it took some time when she and her brother approached us about, well, we want to leave school early and we want to, she wants to leave school early. She wants to go to WMA. She wants to try the WMA and hopefully she's drafted, blah, blah, So of course, mom being an educator, I'm like, wait, I want her to finish school. <laughs> you know? So I didn't see that option, but the night of draft, I was so happy for her. I said, I know she's, she's going to, she promised me, mom, I'm going to finish my education, but I want it. This is what I want to do right now. So I understood that. So I was very happy for her draft. And my husband and I were just literally in tears to hear her name call. I was I was happy for her. So tell me about your very first WNBA game when you finally witnessed your daughter suit up for the Seattle Storm. God, it seemed like it was so long ago, (laughs) seven years ago. It was so nice. I think I flew to Seattle and um it was just wonderful to be out there courtside sitting on the you know, court seat and seeing her play. I just felt every parent would just feel so proud. Yes. And you just feel, wow, she really, her dream has come true. I'm happy for her. This is what she really wanted to do. So I was really happy for her. Yeah. She took some adjustment her first year, but that's okay. She did the right thing. She decided, wait, let me sit out for a minute and, and check this thing out and make sure that I'm making the right moves. And at that time she did, and she ended up playing and getting rookie of the year. So that's what I was just about to ask you. So um, as a rookie, she was joining a team with one of the greatest in Sue Bird. Yes. What do you think her mindset was like going to the WNBA as she was now playing amongst the best women in the world? Oh, she was so proud. I get to learn from Sue Bird. I get so much to learn. She's been there for years. She's a nice person, mom. You know, I'm like, well, that's great. I'm glad to know that you're going to be playing some great people and they are nice and everything, but you're also learning. It's going to be a great learning experience to learn from the seasoned players as well. So I was happy for her. Well, that's right, because she's going from the NCAA to the WNBA. So that transitions sometimes. (laughs) These women, whoa, they can, they're huge, they're big, they can play. (laughs) So that was a shocker, yeah. Well, listen, she proved them. So at the end, she, well, she proved herself, right? At the end of the first season, she accomplished yet another accolade as Rookie of the Year. Yes. So with one year under her belt and having met the many expectations that were put on her as a new player, do you think that Jewel set the standard for the new players who came the following season? I, I think so. I mean, that is pretty much never, I don't think it's been done. I don't want to say it's never. I don't recall anyone that leaving their junior year. I think Candace Parker may have, I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but um, that was a set of precedent. And so, you know, other players like, well, Hey, Hey, I'm going to start doing. So a lot of other players (laughs) look, you know, looked at the same uh, thing and decided to leave too. I think so. I think it's a, a set of precedent. Of course. And and she set a president for herself, too, because yes. at one point she's like, you know what? I still have to get better and better as the years right. go along, too. So it wasn't only about uh, what she's giving to others. It's also about what she's doing for herself. Right. Right. So she wanted to make sure I got to prove myself that I, I did this. I had to work hard and which is what she did. She worked very hard every year. There's no sitting down. It was working off season, you know, working and paying people to work, you know, work with yeah. her and yeah. doing what she needs to do to get better. Yeah. And to stay. Yes. As and well. try to you stay know healthy I mean? as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there are only 144 jobs in the WNBA and your daughter is not just one of them. She's a two-time champ 
and two-time All-Star. So how surreal is it for you as mom to see her doing what she loves? You know, we are Christians and we are practicing Christians and we're always praying. And her godmother is her godmother who prays with her and over the phone, and talk with her before games sometimes. And uh, and we pray together. A lot of time, it's, I know that being that we're believers and we practice our Christianity, a lot of that comes from prayer. And she prays too. I'm glad that that is what we did with her, instilled that in her. So she does too. She does her own praying and we pray with her. Not just pray for her, but pray with her. With her. A lot over the phone. Love it. We're a praying family. I absolutely love that. So you guys pray together before games and stuff you're saying? Yes, we usually pray before a game. Mostly every game we pray together for the whole teams and no one gets hurt. Not just for her, but right. praying that we don't want anyone to get hurt. So absolutely. that's our prayer too. Try not to be selfish. <laughs> well, as practicing Christians, selfishness doesn't really exist, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel you. Same here. I I feel you. So, <laughs> so. Jewel is no stranger to playing overseas. To date, she has played in Turkey, China, South Korea, and Spain. Has she shared her experiences about living in these countries with you? And if so, what was it like for her to live so far from home, but play the very sport that paved such a wonderful path for her? I think her first year coming out of college, being very, very young, and then going to the WNBA and then her first year into Turkey out of the country, not necessarily traveling out of country, but living in another country. Yeah. I think that was a super shocker being away from home. She was very lonely. There were some tears, you know, uh, but it was very, very difficult uh, trying to get acclimated to the culture, you know, because there's things like you know, black hair products. They don't have that in Turkey. You know what I mean? Hair products yeah, are the simple things that we take advantage of because I had an opportunity to go there too. Um, I did go to Turkey and I did go to South Korea. So I traveled with her and I stayed, but like I said, I had flexibility. So I was able to travel with her some, with right. some of the, but you know, having to, this simple as using, you can't put tissue in a toilet. I mean, those type of things, you know, True. was definitely a culture shock for all of us, for me too. But being away from home for a long time, I knew it would be a little difficult her first year uh, being away from her family because we were very family oriented. We were very close. Yeah. So it's hard. <laughs> it was hard. Of course. Of course. And my son went to Turkey, too. And uh, yeah, for him, it was a culture shock at the beginning. Because um, like you're saying, there's there's just the only thing he he was OK with was the food. Yeah, the food was great. That's what he said. He says the food was fantastic. And the His, shopping, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>, Grand yeah. Casino. <laughs> <laughs> but for him, everything else, like I said, was a culture shock. So he wasn't yes. used to a lot of things. And it was a very lonely experience. Very. Because very. it's My not heart like... Is out to the players that have to go yeah. overseas because yeah. uh, it's, def it's different because they miss on holidays. They don't, you know... Not Christmas and Thanksgivings and, you know, those that celebrated and we celebrated Thanksgiving and Christmas and having yeah. the family there. So it was very different, difficult, you know, them not being there, especially yeah. when she was overseas. And understanding, right? And and going overseas by no means is a bad thing. It's just yeah. that people need to understand that sometimes the experience has negatives and positives, right? I mean, yes. there's lots of positives where she's learning different cultures and doing different things and learning from different people. But yeah. it can be a, little, a lonely experience if you're doing it by yourself. Exactly. So, so I'm sure she loved having you with her. So did you have a favorite country that you liked when you were like from out of the countries that you went with her? Did you have a favorite one? 
our preferred one? I like South Korea very nice. I like I like the culture of South Korea. Uh-huh. Um, people were very friendly, and uh, the people we traveled and did various various different things. So I like South Korea a lot. Nice. In Turkey, I enjoyed um, the shopping because they had a lot of things at the Grand Casino where you can shop. That's little nothing there, but South Korea I liked better. Yeah, than most of them. So the women's game has come so far, but there's still a lot of work to be done. The reality is that these women have to work all year round with no off season. When people say she's played six seasons, she's really played closer to 12 with all the overseas seasons. So how do you explain that to the casual sports fan? Oh, wow. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it is because my my concern is that they play so often, like you said, 12 injuries can happen, which right. she did get an injury one time. Um, she had an injury. Um, the missing out on, like I said, family yeah. activities, if you're a family member and even weddings, death. I mean, a lot of things they miss out on when they're not there. Um, it's just I think it just seems to be overwhelming to me to I mean, to hardly see them. Yeah. And only see them for a summer, you know, season. And then the rest of the time they're overseas. So last year was her first year that she didn't do overseas, which was a blessing. And she took time to try to take classes to finish towards her graduation. Right. And it was wonderful with her being home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed her. You know, I was like, wow, this is the first year she's not overseas. I hope she doesn't ever have to go back. Yeah. But it was so nice um, for ha- to have her home and just be there and spend a quality family time together. Oh, absolutely. With her experience playing on two different platforms, does she have to prepare differently for the WNBA versus overseas? As a mom? <laughs> yeah. I think so. I would think so, because I think they play very different overseas from what I've observed, um, as opposed to, I think it's more and more aggressive overseas than Mm -hmm. it is here. Sure. That's all I know, because I'm not the best in, you know, (laughs) skill level or whatever. But from what I observe, I think so. I think they're much more aggressive. No, this is, again, this is your your opinion, from what you've seen from I think they're much more aggressive there than here. Yeah, I, I think so, too. So, <laughs> yes. Just, yeah. When I observed it, I, I just found it to be two different styles of play. Yes, it is. And when watching my son play overseas uh, and then watching him play um, for the NBA, to me, it's just night and day. Yeah. So, yeah. And he would say that, too, that they learn different things. They learn differently. The skill level is different. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, they're also a little bit maybe overseas, a little overbearing, too, with things like. Uh, suicides and all they do that in high school they don't ha- I mean you're a professional as a WNBA maybe not have to do that in a yeah. you know professional as much you know and I yeah that's just what I see who am I I don't yeah. know about the technique. <laughs> like, why are they doing all that but <laughs> Gwendolyn the coach right you know <laughs> I'm not a coach or anything but I thought it was kind of overbearing you know and I think a lot of the girls complain and they stopped stopped it Oh, they may love you as the coach. They were like, she said, we don't have to do any more suicides. We want coach Gwen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to start getting buckets of letters now for a new, a new coaching <laughs> position. So <laughs> your daughter is a two-time WNBA champion. The Seattle Storm won the WNBA championship in 2018, the same year that she was also an all-star. And then they went on to win again last season in 2020 when they played in the Wubble. 
How accomplished did she feel when she won it the first time? Oh, she was very happy and excited that some of her goals are being, you know, she has this five-year goals, you know, yearly goals, daily goals. And that was one of her goals, wanting to win the championship. So I think she was very excited about one of her goals being achieved and, mm-hmm. and was very successful. So she was happy, very excited. Listen, it's it's a player's dream to win a yes. champion, right? A championship. Yes, it really and, is. and she did it twice. So twice. <laughs> your daughter was blessed. Yeah, very so, blessed. <laughs> doing it all over again within the wobble, where they were faced with so much challenges and limitations due to COVID. That must have been mentally tough. Uh, what were those months like for her to win another championship with the same team? I know. Oh, God. I know they sounded very exhausting. But the more games they was beginning to be, oh, wow, we, we did this and we got to just like start all over again. Yeah. Each game was like that happened. Now let's start all over again. And it's uh, it can be exhausting. Um, it is very exhausting. But and particularly in the bubble where you don't have your, your clients and your fans right. cheering you on. Was, I know it had to be very difficult and, and for them because they were used to having the fans there and everybody screaming and yelling for them. And you not having that, mm-hmm. this has to be some emotional thing in there. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're just playing against each other. So that, that had to be tough being in the bubble. I mean, that had to be not being able to see anyone. You had, to, had certain rules. You had to have your food either delivered to you or you couldn't go anywhere, that might have been a little emotional. I agree because I guess at one point your focus just needs to be basketball. Right. You know what I mean? And there was so much going on um, for them at that time. And yet they still managed to pull it off. Yeah, because they were doing their their platform of social justice, you know, know, uh, promoting that and dealing with that and the COVID and trying to stay COVID-free. So that was a lot to digest in the bubble. No, I agree. And like I said, she did it twice, as well as leading the charge for Breonna Taylor. Yes, yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Becoming a professional athlete takes a lot of dedication and a different mindset. In your opinion, how does Jewel keep herself level-headed and ready at all times to be impactful on the court and off the court? On and off the court, you have to focus. You really have to focus. And um, I like the fact that she doesn't read um, during season. She doesn't read the Twitters and uh, social media. She stay away from that. And I like that because that way you don't have to hear what other people have to say. (laughs) So she tried to stay focused. And then with prayer, we, like I said, we come from a Christian family. We do a lot of praying. So being focused with prayer and eliminating yourself from social media, it's a plus. Do you ever go on social media and see what people say about uh, about Jewel? I go on all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do, especially on Twitter. And and I don't say, sometimes I just stay out of it. I don't say anything. She'll have a fit. Mom, get out of it. You you can't deal with that. Just stick to the ground, you know? So yeah, I do. I I do. Listen, sometimes we got to be keyboard warriors and just say something <laughs> just a little smidgen yes yeah, yeah yeah once in a while i'll make a comment but i try to turn it around to make it positive so so i try yeah. to be very careful yeah yeah sometimes you gotta just like get to the point say what you say but i learned put a little smiley emoji next to it it, conf- it confuses people right. like is she exactly. mad is she mad <laughs> how you have to do it but yeah sure 
So <laughs> Jewel has been mentored by the late, great Kobe Bryant, Kyrie Irving, and Phil Handy. We all know how close she was with Kobe and her nickname, the Gold Mamba. It was hard for the world to lose Kobe and Gigi, but I can only imagine what it was like for Jewel. Well, I think I was on a plane heading back when I heard, uh, I was on an assignment and I was on the plane back when some one of my contacts contacted me and I was about to land and say, did you hear? I said, hear what? That Kobe and his daughter, I said, no way, I haven't heard that. I said, are you serious right now? Jewel was in Spain and I didn't believe it. I said, I've not heard anything. So I hung up with him and I called my husband and I said, did you hear anything? He goes, I'm on the news now. I haven't heard anything. He, he said, I'm going on every station. Haven't heard anything. So um, it was devastating. Finally, after I landed about an hour after I started going, the driver taking me home, my husband said, you're right. I just heard that. He says, oh, my God, how are we going to tell Jewel? I said, I don't know. We're going to. So talking to people in Spain, she just finished the game, uh, finished her game. They called her in their halftime and told her she thought something had happened to us. And then when she heard it was cold, she just broke down. She said, I just talked to him the other day and he told me, shoot, try to hit it and hit, you know, do this game and do 20 something. She had just done, I think, 25 points. And she thought they were calling her and to celebrate, you know. But uh, she said, oh, my God, she just she lost it. She lost because they talked all the time. I used to see her talking, hear her talking with them all the time and all the time. He was a really good mentor for her. Yeah. Great loss. It is. It's a great loss to all. It, it really was. And I was looking at different videos and of their relationship or both of them talking separately. Um, him saying, you know, like she's like a little sister and and yeah, her right. saying he was like a brother to me and and he helped me. And so it, it's it's nice to know that his legacy you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it resonates with her and how she yeah. plays today. So, and that means a lot. That means a lot. So exactly. So she's blessed to be called the gold Mamba and to have, he had has him still in her heart. That gold Mamba name he gave her is still yes. a yes. stamp yes. Uh, in her heart today. So she plays a lot for him too. Yes. Yes. I saw a game where she was wearing the gold shoes and she, <laughs> so good for her. Yeah. The night, I think was the night they won the championship, mm-hmm. I think. She had those shoes on, yeah. Yep, and she said, I played for Kobe. Yeah, she did. She was in tears. Yes, yes. yes. Let's talk about her movie. She got gay. Yeah. (laughs) So how did that opportunity come about? And what was it like for her to to transition from the court to a movie set? And was so natural with it. When I actually (laughs) saw the snippet and I'm like, wow, you were so natural. Um, I don't know. I just know I'm the last to get everything. She tells her father everything. She and her dad are like this. Not that we're not, but she and her father, they're they're their buddies. I mean, more, she tell him everything first. So maybe (laughs) she told him, I, all I know that she was in the movie and I finally got a snippet of it. And I saw the trailer and I'm like, wow, too bad this doesn't go far. She was very natural. So I don't know how it all, you know, came to part, but uh, it was a nice little trailer. Yeah. Do you think that there's another movie in the future? I would hope so. <laughs> I would yeah. it'd be nice, but I'd like to tweak it a little bit and add some other realistic parts in there. <laughs> also, you're now a coach and a director. Okay. You know. <laughs> Tweak some things to make it a little bit more marketable, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Branding is everything, right? That's right. (laughs) So 
Jewel has labeled you as her biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> she also said at the beginning, you really didn't know anything about the game of basketball. So what made you eventually decide to take an interest in the sport? And what is something that you've learned about the world of the basketball industry along the way? Well, um, you, she's right. Uh, she, she was a tennis player before she became a basketball player. I don't if you know that. So yeah. I used to follow her tennis games. And um, I knew a little bit more about tennis. And then when she switched to basketball, I just kind of lost interest a little bit. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to really understand the game. And even though her brother played before, I just, all I knew was, oh, you made a three-point shot and that's it. They won the game. Yeah. But I started watching more when she's, you know, when she was going to Notre Dame, I became a little bit more familiar with the sport. And then more so when she uh, became pro, I started noticing things and learning and start reading and trying to find a little bit more about the sport so I could be intelligent about it. Now I know what's going on. <laughs> you know, I, I pretty much call plays myself now. And she goes, wow, how did that, wow, you know that? How do you know that? <laughs> and so I feel good as a female. I need to know the sport. My Both kids play. Now my grandkids are playing. I need to know the sport. So I educated myself. Absolutely. <laughs> I and literally it, didn't. But it makes it more interesting, right? When you understand what's actually going on. Because I understand right? what's going on. Yes. Yes. I mean, I had moms that would tell me, uh, and I just laugh, and we just think it's so funny. They would be like, I had no idea what was going on. When people stand up, I stand up. They clap, I clap. <laughs> I think I was that bad, but I, I had to learn some things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just funny because they're like, I'm there to support my child, but I had no idea what's supposed to happen in the game, right? And you have other moms that are like, I can get down there and coach and they bring their own whistles and the person. <laughs> oh yeah, all kinds of, <laughs> so yeah. you never know, right? But at the end of the day, it's good sure. because we, the, the more that we learn, the better support that we can give to our kids, right? That's true. Listen, it's it, it's great to have a lot in common with our kids, but especially with their jobs. Right. It's different when we're just, you know what I mean? When Jewel's your baby and she's always your baby, right? But when you get to have a different connection with her, with her job and what she's doing in the future, that's 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 another level too, right? And it made her feel better that I learned the sport finally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't just have to talk to her dad about it. She can now talk to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> So when she calls home now, you both can be on the phone listening yeah, to the conversation. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do speaker. Let's put her on speaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in Seattle, in the Queen Anne community, there's a mural of Jules, Sue Bird, and Brianna Stewart that is beautifully painted on a Cajun Creole restaurant, just a block. My favorite. That's Deuces. one of my favorite restaurants. Yes. Toulouse. Wow. Toulouse. Yeah. Pinky yes. Kitchen, I think. Yes. <laughs> It's one of my favorites. Wow. Did you see this mural yet? No, but I will see it in July. I'm going to go there and I'm definitely going to let them know. How did this happen? This is one of my favorite restaurants and they have their mural there. Wow. Um, I will, I'll be there in July and I'll see it. I'll take a picture by it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> take it right under your daughter, right? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen pictures. Everybody sent me pictures and everything. I'm like, oh my God, that happens to be one of my favorite restaurants. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I heard about it and I and I and I Googled it and I was like, wow, it's just so nice. Yes. And I have like the trophies on the side. They did that. Yes, the new logo. Yes. yes. Beautiful job. They Beautiful. did an excellent job. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they got them to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that as a mom. You took on your life experience and wrote a book about it. 
Yes. Tell us about your book and what solution you hope it provides to the readers. Yes. Um, I've been trying to write this book for years and so many people encourage me uh, to write the book and tell my story. Actually, I'm still working on series two because series mm. two will focus on the high school and university uh, component okay. of the book. But the, and then it also focused on the legalities and trying to help parents and what they should do if they discover that their child is a disability. Um, and that's how I ended up with invisible disability, because it is invisible. A lot yes. of people will not be able to detect that, um, yeah. that that child had what she had was dyslexia. Right. But being an educator, I knew that there was an issue. I knew. And after getting further testing, uh, it validated what I thought. But right. if you're not educated, I must say, you will probably never pick it up. And that's why we get so many people lost in the system and just drop out of school because yeah. people never detected that they had a disability. Yeah. So I just praise God that I was able to pick it, you know, not just my child, but other students as an educator, I was able to help as well. So how does Jewel use her platform um, to talk about this disability? She uses it, um, I think, IDI. Corporation, Ida I company mm -hmm. out of New York uh, is the platform for disability. They right. used her for some things and she also talk about it to students and she's done Zoom meetings about it. So uh, she's not embarrassed about it. Uh, actually, it's been a platform to help her utilize her disability Absolutely. to make it an ability, you know, yeah. to, you know, so she's, um, she, she encouraged students, don't let your disability be uh, stumbling for you. In fact, move towards that and make it uh, successful for you. Yeah. Well, I encourage people to learn more about it if they're, you know what I mean? Like if, you, if you're saying, if you see your child has a disability, it, it, you need to find out what it is. Right. And as a parent, I love the fact that you just wrote about it. You know, you know what I mean? Like you, you discovered it, but you just didn't leave it there. You actually went a step further and you said, you know what? I need other people to be able to read about this and yeah. help their child um, in any way that they can. So if anybody wants to find your book, where can they find it? Uh, it's on Amazon.com. Uh, Amazon, but it's under my maiden name, Gwendolyn Davis Lloyd. It's a hyphenated name. So I wanted to keep my name in there too. <laughs> so it's under Davis Lloyd and um, it's on the amazon.com. You can get it uh, uh, as a hard copy or you can get it as a Kinder. What is it? Yep. Oh, yeah. Kindle. Yeah. Either yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. But it's very reasonable. About $7. So it's, yep. yeah, it's a small portion. Series two would be a little bit more uh, different. <laughs> To me, there's no price on helping your children. Yes, you know but I mean? I've got I've got rave reviews from people who are on my Facebook or on Instagram. They they'll show the picture with the book and say, "Oh my God, you really helped me." As a parent, I didn't know this information. Nice. You, you know, you really enlightened me to try to do something about my child. So I think that's really nice that uh, it's helping people. Yeah, like I said, it's bringing a solution to to some families who don't understand how yes. to deal with dyslexia. So, yes. and, and the name of your book? Invisible Disability. Perfect. By Gwendolyn Davis Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that information sure. with us. And tell me, what is it like being the courtside mom to Jewel Lloyd? Oh, in first, she used to be somewhat 
embarrassed, like, oh my God, mom, come on. <laughs> so now, cause I'm a biggest cheerleader and I'm cheering for everybody and everything. And I had my signs and initially before the contract, I, my sisters and I started these grassroots big poster signs saying, mm-hmm. hey, support the WNBA, become a t- ticket season holder, make sure you're supporting us. And, and that grassroots really filtered to all the areas. And I saw other parents doing the same thing, um, saying, pay the players, let's get them. You know. So you never know how much that may have helped. We don't know. But it started sure. a grassroots campaign. Um encouraging people to become ticket season holders and to fight for a contract for the players. And um, I love being on court side supporting my daughter because I'm, I mean, who's not going to toot your horn? If you don't toot your own horn, no one is. Thank you. So, and then the fans are so great. They all know me. They're help Mama Lloyd, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Mama Lloyd. Yeah. And they're so nice. People just been great. I, it's been fun. It's beautiful when people can appreciate the parents as well. Yes. You know I mean? You're sitting there, you're watching the game and they're like, yeah. wow, this is Joel's yeah. mom. That's yeah. That's it's so nice. funny because we were in Vegas when she first um, got the first All-Star. We were after All-Star game. We were in Vegas. She goes, mom, come walk with me. We were walking and this big, huge crowd of people started running. I said, oh, my God, you better get ready to come. They asked for autographs. They ran and they stopped. They said, Mama, what? can we have your autograph? <laughs> and we both started laughing. She goes, oh, my God, they're here for you, not me. That's funny. <laughs> we laugh. We still laugh about that one. Of course. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching something and she said, my mom's gone viral. Like, oh, my God. So. <laughs> yeah, during the bubble, point. my sister and I was doing the dancing and singing every game before each game. We did our video, but we were promoting. We're like, well, we can't be in the bubble. So this is our way. Being on video, singing our songs, we went old school. We did old school tunes with, and we put our own lyrics in it. We had so much fun with that. <laughs> well, you know what? The WNBA is such a great platform to have fun. Yeah. Now we can go there and watch games, and now we can go there and see you. Sit there and see you. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, yes, let's do some fun facts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is that go-to dish? that you make that Jewel absolutely loves? Shrimp jambalaya. Mm, Okay. Yeah, she loves that. I'll have to try shrimp. So I tried shrimp the other day for the first time in my life. Oh, wow. People think I'm crazy. I've never done it, but anyhow. (laughs) I do shrimp and sausage. Shrimp and sausage jambalaya. That's what I do. Mm. Okay, Gwen. I'm going to, I'm going to, I won't forget that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Other than a basketball, what was one item as a child she couldn't live without? That she could not live without. What item? Was there something she always had? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. All I can remember is a basketball and a yeah. tennis racket. I'll say the oh, tennis there you go. racket. Tennis racket. There you go. It's good to know that she's very athletic, right? Yes. Did you have a childhood nickname for her? And if so, what was it? Um, well, I always used to call her middle name, Blessing. That was her, I mean, that is her legal middle name is Blessing. I love that. Yeah, sometimes we'll say that jokingly with her. That's all. (laughs) I love that middle name. Yeah, her middle name really is Blessing. Jewel Blessing Lloyd. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) So now I want to ask some tips and advice for our listeners, okay? What tip 
would you give a mom on how to deal with a coaching decision that she does not agree with? Oh, wow. The coaching decision she doesn't agree with. It's best for mom to kind of just relax. Um, don't be overbearing. Maybe talk about it after the game and keep it in the family. It's best. It's best. The less people know how you feel about things, the better it is. Yeah, absolutely. I would never yell out, ah! <laughs> Let her play. Although, you know, you feel all that kind of stuff. Where you gotta put her in? <laughs> but you just gotta be calm. <laughs> I can see that mom holding up your sign. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Coach. So just stand back, lay back, and talk those things behind closed doors. Yeah. I always say, if you get mad, just tweet about it. So, no. <laughs> what advice yes. would you give a player about how to deal with a tough teammate? How to deal with a tough teammate. Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm all about, I'm very direct. And I would possibly say, have a conversation with that person and, mm -hmm. and um, see what comes up. And if that's not handled, then pray about it. 100%. Last question. If you could give one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would that be? Um, just be supportive and not overbearing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> Gwen, it was so much fun having you on the Thank show you. with us today and learning so much about yourself. <laughs> You're Thanks for inviting me. It's been of a pleasure. Of course. And of course, learning so much about your daughter, Jewel. So thank you so much. Thank and you. And we look forward to having you with us again soon. Sure. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Anything you want done, baby, I do it naturally. Oh, oh.